everybody, it's Sam, that girl with the curls, bringing you another amazing episode of the podcast, which I am so biased towards, it's not even funny anymore. Um, but, uh, definitely this is a, this is a good one, and I mean, they're all good, but, you know, this is a good one. Um, this is episode 87 with Riley Silverman, who is a stand-up comedian and writer in Los Angeles, and, um, we, we sort of touch on it in the episode, but I had actually heard Riley on, um, Comedy Film Nerds podcast, which, uh, features a former guest of the show, Graham Elwood, just to drop some names, I'm not... Not saying I'm hanging with the cool kids, but I'm kind of you know every once in a while I'm hanging with the cool kids. Um, but yeah, she was uh, she was great, and I really just wanted to talk to her about comics and musicals because she mentioned all of those things on the episode. So if you if you want to uh, listen to a really good episode of Comedy Film Nerds, which you know many of them are, but Riley's is also really good too, uh, you should do that because again, comic books, Power Rangers, Hamilton. I mean, it's all, it all works. It all comes together. Um, we actually spend quite a bit of the episode talking about Hamilton and, you know, just television and everything. We didn't touch on her stand-up all that much, uh, nor the podcast that she's a part of. So I'm going to link those into the, uh, the page for the, um, for this recording that I'm struggling to figure out how to get to the point where you want to listen to it. Anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, everyone should uh, listen to this and uh, tell Riley how awesome she is, and I uh, hopefully we'll get her back on and we'll actually talk more about, you know, her career or, or something, you know, maybe. I don't know. Sometimes I like the episodes where it doesn't so much talk about their career as it is just things that they love you know, talking about. So, um, it's not the first podcast to ever do that, but I like it when it kind of delves into that territory because, you know, what's better than to talk about the things that you love? Um, so yeah, I've devoted as of this point, 87 episodes to it. (laughs) Um, but, uh, again, uh, thanks for sticking it out this long into the intro. Um, but pleased to enjoy Riley Silverman episode 87 of That Girl with the Curls podcast. One at a time. I'd put men like you behind bars every day. One at a time. Legator, you may take my years, but cannot lock my soul away. Oh, the years I had to I've run chased you through the so years. long ago it all now began your journey's out in end. the shadows on you my shame. For what you've done. But was I ever to Death play? Would be your only friend. Do I let this fight and now Do not interrupt just me. to end this life of let pain? Let me finish what I need we'll to Hello? Hello? Hi. 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 <laughs> so just be a, a back and forth of hellos. <laughs> Yeah, so that'd be the whole show. Do I sound okay? I'm using, like, a weird handheld mic thing. Oh, no, you sound fine. How, how am I coming through for you? You sound great. Yes, excellent. <laughs> this is getting off well. I appreciate that. So, <laughs> so how have you been today, Riley? Uh, I've been good. I, I had a fairly easy day at work, so I, I mostly caught up on some shows, and then my computer crashed, so that was kind of half my day. Oh, God. So, yeah. No, I had that happen when I was in college my computer almost crashed while i was writing my thesis oh no oh man there was never a day where i was like oh my god my entire life is on this thing and i have to back it all up now (laughs) god yeah my my work computer has this weird thing with the video card where like if if like if if one like if a video is playing another one tries to start playing on a web page or whatever the whole thing goes crazy oh my god yeah no some reason chrome just uses up so much ram Mm mm-hmm so, like, I, I'm not doing anything on my computer but, like, checking Facebook and watching a video, and, it, like, the computer's acting like I'm, I'm trying to, like, hack the NATO or something. Like, well, what if you actually were doing that? Then, <laughs> like, then I they wouldn't know what to do. I yeah. use Chrome for it. That's what I couldn't do. Oh, my God. And they're like, no, it has to be in Chrome? Shit. <laughs> so, no, we have the same thing at work where it, it's not necessarily that I have to watch videos, but... Um, some systems that I have to work with only work well in IE versus Chrome, and uh-huh. we don't even talk about Firefox at work, so <laughs> it's just... You're just sitting there going like, well, if it doesn't work here, I guess I'll try it there, and if that doesn't happen, then you're just basically fucked, so... 
I have like an elaborate system of because I'm, I'm the only one in my office. I'm a satellite office, mm. and so um, right now I'm the only one there. And so when I'm not doing anything, I can watch like Netflix and stuff like that. But like I have this elaborate system where Hulu is on my Firefox because I can log into my friend's account on Hulu there. <laughs> because on Chrome, I'm logged into my Facebook, so I can't use the Hulu because if it tries to attach itself to my Facebook, it's like really weird. <laughs> You're like, no, I just want to watch a video. God. Yeah. Uh, it's horrible. <laughs> what were you, uh, what shows were you catching up on? I was trying to catch up today, actually, on the um, the CW superhero shows. So mm. I was trying to like watch. I'm, I'm a little behind, so I was trying to catch up on Arrow. Mm-hmm. And then, like every time it got to a commercial, it just like the, the player would not know what to do, and like like the commercial would start running, but the show would keep going too, <laughs> and then it would like crash into each other. And I don't know. You're like, I don't know what's happening, but I think Ollie made a decision that's about this city. So yeah, yeah, I think that someone possibly, I'm not sure, mm-hmm. has failed this city. Are you sure? I mean, are you sure? It's, it's, they could have done some really good things for this city, but he never really asks, so... No, they failed the city. Oh, okay. With they... rock and roll. <laughs> there um, you go. I was about to go there. Thank yeah. you. But also, somebody else finds out that Ollie is the arrow. I think that has to happen every episode. Like, I, don't mm-hmm. think, I think the idea of the show is eventually... The entire city will find out. And by the way, if that has happened and I haven't seen it yet, I, I would not be surprised because I'm, I'm like two behind right now. So no, I'm a few behind too. Like uh, okay. my uh, my sister had a had a, a baby a few months ago, so I've Ugh. kind of not been able to uh, catch up on all of those shows. And and to some degree with the CW shows, I'm kind of like I can predict how this episode's gonna go already. Don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> like, Honestly, last year I didn't even actually watch Arrow. <laughs> I just watched like at the at, around the end of the season, I was on the cw's website and they had those like recaps of each episode they're like like three minutes and mm-hmm. it's just like what happened last time yeah and i just watched all of those and it took me about a half hour and i'm like i get this whole season yep. i don't need to watch it i'm and all I caught up <laughs> i don't feel like i missed anything i feel like i got every single dramatic moment of the show and that was all i got and it was good yeah so. no uh, a friend and i we we started doing kind of a tradition of recapping like at the mid-season then at the end of the season um just kind of going over like what was accomplished. Did we care about any of the characters this time? Uh, what kind of speech did Ollie give that made an unearned <laughs> emotional uh, resonance or whatever? How many times did Ollie and Diggle talk about how much a better man Ollie is compared to what he used to be? Oh yeah, how many times is he going to debate whether he's going to kill somebody now? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, just do it or don't do it, Ollie. Yeah, like I, I, I hearken that discussion that I've had with a friend because. He will go much more into the like, well, you know, they've rehashed it, but it's still a good conversation to have to um, my roommate in college used to play, uh, would play video games and I would watch while I was reading a book or something like that. And he had the Star Wars, I think it was the uh, the Old Republic, something like that. Yes, I love those games. Yeah, Knights of the Old Republic, that's what it was. And so you can like go like really good, really bad, like your decisions are made like morally and that affects everything. And yep. he would so white knight it. He would just be all like, I'm going to make every good decision. And and I would sit there going, dude, you have this opportunity yeah. <laughs> in game to have no actual moral consequences outside of it. And you can just be the worst person in the world. Why don't you even try? <laughs> you know what's funny? Because I have played all those games and I, I've, I played, well, I played the two that are like narrative games, like mm-hmm. Coder 1 and Coder 2. And... I, I've played them all the way through as, like, a male character, as a female character, and, like, light side, dark side. And I will say that I kind of prefer playing at dark side. I mean, light side, sorry. Oh, really? Okay. And I, I feel like... And the same thing that comes, happens when I play, like, um, like the Fallout games. Mm-hmm. It's like, if I play them as evil... It's like it's kind of easier to be evil because you can just kill people and take their money and take their ammo or whatever. Uh-huh. But I don't know. Some sort of bit of a like there's there's a there's a part of me that even though it's a video game, after like like an hour or two of playing it evil, I just feel a little dirty and like degraded <laughs> a little bit. Like I just don't feel good about myself as a person. Well, I, I guess and, that says something different about me then. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm saying you're a bad person. That's Thank you. Thank you. I just need that like <laughs> recorded and on air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I was younger, I definitely like would like to play Dark Side, and it was fun because you got like different stories. Mm-hmm. I think in Fallout, the story doesn't 
at least Fallout 3, the story doesn't change too much based on how good or bad you are, except the very end. Like, you basically have the same beats. Mm-hmm. It's just you can choose to be a jerk or not while you <laughs> hit those beats. But, like, Coder would actually have different endings based on, and, like, certain points in the game, the, the thread would change based on if you were good or bad. And oh, so, cool. yeah. yeah. See, I, I enjoyed that. I like when the gameplay can actually, like, will you know, based on, okay, you've made so many of these decisions, here's how the story changes, where it's, when it's a foregone conclusion, you know, at the end of the game, it's so disappointing, because yeah. you're like, what was the point of me being a terrible person or a good person, if it's just, it's like, it's Mass Effect, basically, so. Yeah, exactly, so. <laughs> uh, we are recording, by the way, just letting you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I figured we were. I, yeah. I was getting ready to ask, and then I was like, well, we're having a good conversation. So. Yeah, we're, we're starting in on it. There you go. Um, I, I did want to at least formally say thank you for coming on the show, first of all, Riley Silverman. Sure, thanks for having me. Yeah, and, and just for people who ever want the origin story of how these podcasts come together, because that's a thing, I guess. Um, I heard you on uh, Comedy Film Nerds recently. Uh, you, got, you were talking about the Power Rangers movie, if I recall. Yeah. Yes, I was. <laughs> Which you, you, you had a fairly favorable time going to? Yeah, it's, it's as good a movie as a Power Rangers reboot in 2017. Deserves to be. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. And <laughs> I was shocked this week to discover that Power Rangers as a show is still on the air and has never left the air. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, when it started, I was like 10. Um, and I only watched like the first couple of seasons and I, I just kind of was done with it. But yeah, like every once in a while, I'll just kind of notice it pops up like on an article or something like that. I'm like, really? How is. What? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's about my experience with it. I, I think I started, I'm probably like a year or two older than you, and I think I started around like 11 or 12, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, I think like after like, it, it gets you for like a season or two, and then you're like, oh, this is always the same plot. Yeah. It's, and then, yeah. It's basically kind of like, I, I tried to watch Pokemon a few times in, in the course of my life, and uh, I would I would watch a couple of episodes and be like, oh, okay, I, I got this, this is the entire show, I'm, I'm done, I'm good. <laughs> so. I got real into Pokemon show for like a season mm-hmm. and then and then I'm, I'm in general not a giant anime fan and so it eventually kind of got repetitive for me too mm-hmm. um and yeah I, I played I was playing the games too and so I really liked the games and then I just I got a little older and, and it just I didn't have the new I, I, I didn't want to keep buying all the new games that they came out so I felt like I had my my Pokemon moment and then I was past it yeah no I had a yeah my cousin's oldest kid who's now in college and it's so weird um uh, he when he was younger was super into Pokemon and he would like like kind of like baseball cards would show me all the the cards and and start telling me about what thing did what thing and I'd have to sit there and be like "Uh uh-huh uh-huh I have no idea what we're talking about anymore (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I had a nephew who was in that too, and he was really into the, to Yu-Gi-Oh, which mm. came out after Pokemon, yeah. and I have no idea to this day what it was, and I just was like, great, yeah, cool, yeah, I, good for you. I would, wa- I, I would watch Yu-Gi-Oh a little bit more, and what always weirded me out, because, I mean, these card-based games in anime form or whatever, but what always bugged me about Yu-Gi-Oh, because I got into the actual mechanics of the game, was like, so you all have separate cards, and no one knows what any of these cards do until they're introduced. Or someone destroys it and then suddenly have spe- secret power. Okay, just uh, establishing this. <laughs> I don't even know that much. Like, See? I, there's, there's a card game that, I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but we, at my day job, which I, I deal with like captioning TV shows or whatever, mm-hmm. and we got a show for online streaming that was like, like, it was a anime show about the card game, mm-hmm. but, like, it wasn't, like, Pokemon, where it's like, oh, we've made a fictional universe inside this show that, like, is what the cards are supposed to represent. The characters on the show were actually playing the card game. Okay. Like, they would go to card tournaments on the show <laughs> and play with the cards that were that you could then go buy the cards. Uh-huh. And like it's the season before they were finally like, okay, but there really is a planet these cards are attached to and <laughs> affect that world and there's some supernatural stuff happening. But like that was like maybe like forty episodes into this show that we were working on, so it was the weirdest thing to be like, Oh, now this episode they're going to districts for this this oh. card game and now they're going to regionals and now they're gonna go to nationals for this card game. Are they going to sing about it as well? 
<laughs> no, they, they didn't think about it. They just, like... Like, and the show had, like, stock animation for each card. Mm. So when you're like, I call this guy into battle, and the kid would throw it down, and then you'd see the animation, but it was supposed to be all, like, in their head. Or occasionally, like, a good, like, they had, like, this, like, table they would use that would have, like, 3D lights or whatever that make it seem more intense. Mm -hmm. But it was real weird. (laughs) That's, yeah, it's like, and, and yeah, to get 40 episodes in and then suddenly have all this, like, backstory and lore, like, shoved in your face, and you're just like, what? This yeah. what? <laughs> like like one of the like the deck he was using was like the red like let's say like the red knights and then like one time he got a new deck that was the shadow knights and it was like the dark version of his deck but like when he was playing with it it was almost like dark suit spider man uh-huh. like he he was like kind of becoming more like nasty and angsty and and cruel because he was playing with this deck <laughs> and then did some weird jazz dance sequencing and. Uh... Oh. Have to. Yeah, of course. You know, when you go yeah. full on evil and sort of emo, you have to do weird jazz dances in order to like make your ex girlfriend jealous. <laughs> so. Yeah, you got to seduce Bryce Dallas Howard, who's playing uh, Quinn Stacy for some reason. Yeah, th- yeah. The least said about that movie. I think sometimes it's the better. But <laughs> I I don't know what your opinion is on the the, the Spider Man films. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like first one okay, second one okay, third one no. Let's just. Let's just I'll, give, I'll give second one its due. Second one is a pretty good for what it is. It's mm-hmm. pretty, and for the era of superhero films that it was part of. Yeah. Second one at the time was one of the best superhero movies we had. Mm-hmm. Now we've got such way better ones that now it's like easy to go back and go, ah, oh, that was like the Howard the Duck, but it was yeah. still like, <laughs> you know, it was still what it was. Someday Howard's gonna get his due, man. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe like uh, James Gunn will do it since he he included him at the end of what, of the first Guardians. He'd be like, you know what, Howard the Duck, let's just do it, yeah, or just put him in a Guardians movie, make him a Guardians character, have Ooh. him hang out with uh, have him hang out with with Rocket and Groot and all them. Yeah, and then have Comet show up, and it, they'll just make like a whole like furry section of the uh, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> I mean, they just run into Uatu the Watcher at some point, and he's just like, no, man, you guys gotta get out of here. I've seen where this happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I also wanted to say, because I, um, I I realized that I had heard you before on uh, what the, the room where it's happening. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I had a bunch of them banked, and I was like, Riley, so what, where do I know that name? And I looked in my, my iPod, I was like, oh! And I listened to your episode, and it was so... It was so fantastic. I just this is the gushing moment. So, <laughs> okay, yeah, gosh, do it. No, it was so great, and uh, because I first of all, I do love uh, your obedient servant. I think is it's it's one of those many that I go through in terms of oh, this is my favorite Hamilton song right now. Um, yeah, and that one specifically because I love the the juxtaposition of the, the hip hop element and then kind of that harpsichordy, uh, old timey like old fashioned kind of uh, bent to it. Yeah, the thing about that, I, so that song, I was surprised it was still available when, like, they gave me a list of songs I could choose from to do it, mm-hmm. and then I didn't know that, for legal reasons, they have to cut the song down a little bit, they can't just play the whole song, Okay. so I practiced it really well, and I actually, I'm not a great singer, mm-hmm. but I really nailed a certain part of the song, and that's the part they cut out, oh, so no. that's the part where I'm, like, struggling to keep up, and I was, like, so, like, oh, man, I sound, I, I'm a better singer than this, like, I'm not a great singer, but, yeah, because I was, I was getting pretty good at the burr parts, mm-hmm. and then they, they, they cut in the part where, like, like at the end where he's kind of talk singing a little bit, and, yeah. Um, I'm just like, no, damn it, like, the better part, the better part. Yeah, the part, the part that I, I was really good at was, like, this, like, burr's, like, second refrain, basically, mm-hmm. and, yeah, that was all gone. Where just really all comes to a head, and you're like, oh my god, it's gonna happen, even though I knew that at the beginning of the musical. <laughs> so. Yeah, oh my god, it's so good. It really it is. It's so shaky, it just, like, there's, there's so much, like, like, sniping happening in that song, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. No, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, you you even say it in the episode, I mean, it's just where everything comes to a head, and it's just all this stuff has been building, 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 and then suddenly it's just like, no, we're doing this now, we're, we're just dueling, we can't stop the, the train, it's coming, so. Yeah, oh, it's so good. Yeah, um, yeah, because I, uh, have you ever read uh, Joanne Freeman's Affairs of Honor? No. So that's one of the books that Lynn uh, used when he was kind of uh, developing the show, um, and Joanne's a re- like a, a really well known Hamilton scholar, 
And uh, so I was reading that, and I mean, you just read it, and you're just like, yep, yep, they could have stopped this at any time, just didn't do it, didn't do it, nope, there was, there were like, they're like safety nets in place to get everyone to stop, and then it's just like, they just bypassed all of that. Ah, oh, it's so great. <laughs> oh, it is. Um, uh, in college, I was a TA, and we showed a video to a bunch of students, it was about the Hamilton bird duel, <laughs> and... They were reading from uh, Hamilton's uh, journal, I believe, and one of them was him just total, like, emo. I mean, just emo before emo was a thing ever in the history of emo. And he's just like, (laughs) he's like, I hate my country. I hate my, you know, blah, blah, blah. I hate myself. It's like, oh, my God. Wow. I'm a big fan of the drunk history that Lynn did, where Mm -hmm. it's, um, it's, uh, might, like, in her name, uh, the actress always maybe, um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoot. Because uh, I remember Aubrey Plaza, and... But yeah, yeah the, she's great in it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Aubrey Plaza, who I, I, I wish I wish there was more Legion, because I just want to see more Aubrey Plaza being amazing. Oh my god, right? It's so good. Like, and uh, she's so amazing. And you're just like, please, can she keep coming back? I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah, I just... Let, let Jermaine Clement be the... I, you know what? I, ooh, I don't want to spoil for season... No, go season. go ahead. Well, I'll I'll put spoiler in the, the top okay. of the episode. Spoiler, spoiler. I'm saying let let Jemaine Clement Clement's character Oliver be the villain of the entire season, so we just have nonstop Aubrey Plaza talking to him. Mm-hmm. I the- think it's funny that like even in his mind, the Shadow King is still taking on the form of Lenny, even though Oliver has no connection to Lenny. And I know this character to torment, but uh, when she comes out of that mirror. Uh, to kill, to like, to like taunt his sister, it it was a thing where I'm like, because she's, she's wearing like a dapper suit. Oh yeah, yeah. And and I was like, I this is not a good scene for me to be all thirsty all of a sudden. <laughs> like they're really trying to make uh, that show like went out of its way to give me a thing for Aubrey Plaza. Like it was like, yeah, it was like Holtzman level of like <laughs> you will you will love this woman and, and we will not let you cheat otherwise. Yeah, exactly. It's like if you don't love her by the end of this, then you have no soul. I don't, you know. The, I, I loved the, I mean, just the whole show in of itself, but yeah, all the stuff with, with Aubrey, and then when they would change, like, the, the style, uh, like, when they did the silent movie. Uh, yes! Oh, oh my god! It was so good, and she was legitimately freaking me out, like, the way they... It's so scary, like, when she does, like, that fake finger gun thing. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, oh, it's just so good, and just, like, the, the, how she, she looks like a cross between, like, Tim Burton... And, and, and I don't know, like a snake and Tim Burton, basically, like just how she, <laughs> <laughs> she's got that weird, like Edward Scissorhands kind of hair going on and it's, oh, it's wonderful. Oh, yeah. it's so good. It's just how they so easily like flip the genres around and you just go with it. Cause you're like, this is what that show is now. And I'm on board. Yeah. It's so weird because like, like there, there is a legitimate thirst that that show has like instilled. And it's weird because like, you know, I'm not famous, but I am. I am a comedian in Los Angeles, so mm-hmm. I am only a handful of people at the most removed from Aubrey. Yeah. So it is weird to like be talking about someone like that who I know that at least a friend of a friend knows fairly well. Like, just... It is like it's a real bizarre feeling. You just gotta so find somebody. Enough... No, go Sorry, ahead. What? No, you just gotta find somebody and be like, "Girl, hook me up." <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Like, I met her once briefly, mm. uh, way back in the day. Um, I think I don't, she wasn't out as queer yet, but it was, and I was, I was still kind of coming out. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I was out, but I was like living half and half sort of. Yeah. Um, and I was at the UCB theater in LA and then at the time it was only one. And then she was next door at this restaurant called La Poubelle. It's like French restaurant. Mm-hmm. And she was there with the cast of mystery team because they had just premiered it or something. Uh-huh. And it was funny because like, I knew about the movie already because I, I had watched the old Derek comedy sketches that had kind of spawned it. And so she was talking and she, like she, she was talking to me at the bar because she's a very friendly person. Mm-hmm. At least she was then. I don't know how she is now. She's been like <laughs> famous, but, uh, and now she's the can't keep a little more guarded probably. But she was at the bar next to me. And so she just started a conversation with me because I was just the person next to her. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I, I think she also probably knew that I had just been at UCB and that's part of the world or whatever. And so, yeah, she was talking to me and it was weird because then I was like, she was like, oh, yeah, I'm here for this movie thing. And I was like, oh, mystery team. And she got like her eyes got all bright. And she's like, oh, you know it. And it was like this thing where you could tell, even though she was currently on a sitcom, mm-hmm. she still wasn't used to people like knowing who she was and what she was doing out in the world. Yeah. 
so it was very sweet and like it was it was kind of cool and then I, I saw her again this year uh we were, we were in line together for the harry potter ride at Universal <laughs> studios and uh the hogwarts ride yay but uh she was not right next to me this time and we did not have a conversation but i definitely was like oh i see aubrey plaza and then later on that day i was on instagram and like one of my followers was commenting on my post about being at harry potter world and being like did you did you see aubrey plaza because she was there i'm like yeah i, I saw her we yeah. were in line together we we totally like did that head nod thing where you're like hey what's up <laughs> Yeah, I nodded at her, and she continued to not acknowledge that I was there. (laughs) Well, there's that, too. (laughs) However you want to read into that situation. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, I would ask, uh, how how is a Harry Potter world over there in L.A.? It's pretty great. Um, It's small. It's smaller than I thought it was going to be when they first opened it, but there is plans to expand it. Uh, They tore down some old sound stages this year with the idea of building up, like, the Diagon Alley area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right now, you basically go in, they have a really pretty well-constructed representation of Hogsmeade. Mm-hmm. And then the only real rides in the whole little Harry Potter park are the the Hogwarts. Um, it's like the Forbidden Journey, okay. which is pretty great. It used to be 3D, and they, they took 3D away, and I don't miss it because it made you real sick. So Yeah, I'm not good with the 3D. It always gives me like a, a headache or like almost a full-on migraine. So I just... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Found that it's, out during even Avatar. The classes, it's pretty messed up. Yeah. yeah. No, I found out that during Avatar when we watched that in 3D because my stupid friend convinced me to do that. And <laughs> we watched that and I got to hear another friend of mine who's part Japanese, part Native American, uh, shout profanities at the screen when they were like, and then we found the horse people of the plains. And she's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so we can't wait for the sequel. It's going to be great. That, that movie should just cause migraines without the 3D. I know. Oh, my father loves to like talk about it like it's the greatest thing since sliced bread, and I'm just like, no, Dad, it's it's not that good. I don't. Why are we having this conversation still? (laughs) Oh, he's the one. Yeah, he's the one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's the reason there's five sequels coming. At Disneyland in L.A. at California Adventure, they opened up this like extravagant Avatar ride, Uh and I was like, who? Who asked for that? I don't think literally anybody I know. Now I know it was your dad. Yeah, your dad really wanted that ride. I'll I'll let him know that he's to blame for all of it, and uh, he'll he'll, okay. he'll probably not care and be like, "Cool, I get to see more Avatar movies." And like, fuck that. It's like, <laughs> it's like I don't care about the visuals. The visuals were outdated by the time the movie came out. <laughs> yeah, I was so bummed too because I really wanted that movie to be great because I was so excited that there'd be a new James Cameron sci-fi original movie. Mm-hmm. And it, ugh. Yeah, just get, come out of it being like, that was like the stupidest story I've seen. And then Batman versus Superman came along and then that put that to shame. So, <laughs> Yeah, but that one you kind of knew was going to be what it was going into it. Avatar made you think it was going to be great. Yeah, they, were, they it's always in the trailers, man. They pull you in and then you're just kind of like, this is false advertising. I feel violated and I want my money back. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm so burned from the DC Extended Universe movies now that I... I I can't get excited. I, I mean, I'm excited for Wonder Woman, but mm-hmm. I can't be. See, no, like, I'm in the same boat. Like, I was talking to a friend of mine about that, and I'm like, I want to like this. I want to like Wonder Woman when it comes out. I want this to be good, but I've been burned so terribly before. <laughs> and, yeah. And I can't, I can't, I don't think I would be able to handle it if they ruined Wonder Woman on top of everything else. Because it's like, I love Batman's my jam. It has been since the animated series. Um, actually, since the the '60s show that used to replay on uh, Nick at Night when I was a kid, yeah, I yeah. Love that. So, like, I've been indoctrinated into the gospel of Batman, and Superman came along the way with the Justice League and animated series and everything. But Wonder Woman, it's like, guys, you you can't fuck this up, and and I just really feel like you might, and that doesn't make me feel good. Yeah, it's it's so frustrating, and I, 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 Batman at this point, like. I grew up loving Batman because mm-hmm. I mean I was I mean I, I, I think I'm like maybe a couple years older than you but not that much mm-hmm. so I was like prime real estate age for Batman the movie when it came out yeah like I was like you know like probably like, like eight or nine and that's like the perfect age for a Batman movie mm-hmm. and then the cartoon was so good and then you know I got into the comics and I mean I was always more of a Marvel fan I was a big Spider Man fan mm-hmm. but um, I just I liked Batman. And at this point, I was talking to a friend of mine recently, I go, I'm kind of done with Batman. Like, I feel like there's not anything new from Batman that I've seen in a long time. Yeah. That's made me go, like, I still love Batman, but yeah, I just, 
I, I, I've totally I'm Batwoman. I'm on board with. I will mm-hmm. read. Any, I'll read anything Marguerite Bennett writes. Pretty but, much, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, and like uh, I, 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 I kind of I feel I feel what you're saying there too because yeah, with Batman, he's very similar to Wolverine in the sense that the the more they use him, the less I care. Yeah, yeah, because like Logan came out, and I I still haven't seen it because I just was like I've seen every X Men movie, I've seen the two previous Wolverine movies, and I'm just done with this guy. Like I I like Hugh Jackman. I think he did he did you know some pretty good and some pretty uneven performances with with uh, with Logan there, but it's just like I stop making me try to care about this guy because you sacrificed all the other X Men to make him the character. Literally, if you see Logan, that's literally what has happened. Basically. So. <laughs> so, I was like, you guys sacrificed any attempt at a Storm movie because of Wolverine, and I'm so pissed about that still. Yeah. I I just... I recommend seeing Logan. Mm-hmm. I, I do think it's a good movie. I'm not as gaga for it as a lot of people are. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's a... What I like about it is I'm a fan of any comic book movie that challenges genres a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so Logan has this very, like, Western feel to it, and this, like, kind of more, like, stripped down. But then it just, there's there's parts where it still gives itself away. And I'm like, oh, I wish you would just been this, like, simple movie. Like, I there, there's, like, there's a movie in it that I think is amazing, and then it's like they had to add layers to it that makes it into a comic book movie again. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I wish you hadn't done that. Yeah, it's it's kind of like you you want them to, because how do you feel about The Dark Knight? Like, because some people are really positive on it, some people are like, eh, it's okay. <laughs> I, I went from being really positive on it to being kind of, eh, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's fine. I, I don't get as excited about it as I used to be. And the thing that's funny is I actually don't hate Dark Knight Rises as much as a lot of people do. Thank I you. I enjoy that movie, so. I enjoy it. I enjoy it, too. I, like, I, I always have to defend it to a, a core group of friends of mine because I'm like, look, guys, I know that there are problems with it. I acknowledge that. But it is yeah. still better than a lot of other superhero movies that have come out, so back off. I just, I'm a big fan of almost any movie where at least one actor just makes a real strong choice mm-hmm. and everyone just has to deal with it. And yeah. that is what happens in that movie. I just love Tom Hardy's Bane so much. Mm-hmm. Like, I just love that ridiculous voice he's doing. And I just, I love, I love doing his voice when it seems appropriate for a situation. Yeah. yeah. Like, I love doing the, you barely adopted the darkness. <laughs> I was born into it. Like oh, my God. <laughs> and my favorite moment in that whole movie is right before Bane's army blows up gotham stadium Mm -hmm. there's like a little kid singing the national anthem and he's like a high-pitched voice or whatever and it cuts to Bane, and he's like in like the like the hallway leading out to the field where the players run through Mm -hmm. and he just goes that's a very lovely voice (laughs) and i just love the idea of bane taking time out of his planned mass soul (laughs) to compliment to himself Mm -hmm. the voice of a little kid singing the national anthem you just want to, like, pull back and there's, like, one henchman there and be like, what did you say, boss? He's like, nothing. <laughs> nothing. I said, we have a plan. It's like, it's like in uh, uh, Fight Club when everyone comes in and Jack is still talking to himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, some claws. It, it, it always feels, yeah, it feels like Dark Knight Rises got to be, it became the more comic booky of the three movies, which in some, for some people it was, like, a real drag and other people was like, what? It's Batman. What the hell do you want? Like... Yeah, and I think, too, I think the big thing that people don't like about it is it's barely got Batman in it. Mm. Like, for a, I think for me as someone who's kind of the F over Batman, <laughs> like, I'm kind of fine with this. No, I was I was really impressed with it, because I know it was coming out, it, it came out when, like, Occupy was, was the big deal, and everyone was like, oh, he's referencing Occupy, oh, right, Occupy, blah, blah, blah. and I was like, no, that's the frickin' French Revolution, guys, I mean, I don't... I don't know what I gotta do to make you see it, but okay, the kangaroo court's not not doing it for you. All right, that's cool. <laughs> so I'm sitting there it's like basically that people like don't know how long it takes to make a movie. Mm-hmm. So if something is happening currently when a movie is coming out. They think like, oh yeah, they're referencing this thing. It's like no, that this movie was made two years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's like it just takes that long to get the editing and the special effects, which I understand with Nolan. There's you know, usually fewer, so at least it, you can say yeah. that. But yeah, it's uh, I, I, unless you're South Park, you can't really do anything in real time. Yeah, like, um, we've covered so much ground already. And oh my god, uh, because, uh, well, I, I do have to ask since you were on comedy film nerds, did um, did Graham do his uh, his Bane voice? 
He did not, not when I was there. I've heard him do it before, but mm-hmm. he didn't do it that day. Yeah, like, every every time I hear him, like, if he's on Doug Loves Movies or something like that, and he does the, it's like, take control of your city, you know, that kind of oh, thing. Oh, God, it's so great. <laughs> it's so good. I, ha- I had him on the podcast, actually, and I didn't even get to that. Like, we talked a lot about, like, Afghanistan and everything, and I didn't even get to Bay. And I was like, why? Oh, there's so many opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> um, but still, like going with um, what was it? The room where it's happening because you're you're no 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 Harry Potter world. That's where we were at some yes. at one point. Sorry, I'm trying to keep track of all the threads. <laughs> it's fine. I'm very timey wimey wibbly wobbly, so it's fine. That's right. You're a Whovian as well. So here we go. Um, I think it was Whovian. Yes. <laughs> it's like Harry Potter, Doctor Who, musicals, comics. I think we're new- we're best friends now, Riley. I I firmly I believe it. this now. <laughs> so. Anytime you're in Seattle, look me up. We're going out. So. Awesome. I'm actually I'm actually here right now. I'm at the bus stop. Okay, cool. I'll I will go out and meet you, and uh, we're gonna paint the town red. You're like, why did we Skype? If you're I don't home? I don't know. It's just a thing that I do now. It's like actual human interaction is just difficult. You know? That's fair. <laughs> um, uh, but no, seriously, you have an open invitation if uh, if ever you're up here. Oh, you should come down. I know this is a podcast right now, but I'll be in Portland at least in Ooh. July for the Portland Queer Comedy Festival. So. Hey, there we go. That it, No, that's definitely something I could look into. Because, yeah. no, I'm going to be actually in Portland in July for an archives conference because I'm, uh, I'm an archivist by day. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so what are the dates for the, the comedy festival? I think it's the middle of the month. Let me see here. Um, I will tell you. Mm-hmm. And this will be captivating for your audience. Yes, um, it will. Well, they can come, too. Yeah, <laughs> everyone, you're invited. I, it looks like it's the 13th through the 16th is when I'll be there. Oh, no, I'm going to be there the 23rd through the 29th. Oh, no. Oh, no. What What shall I do if I'm only three hours away and could easily drive? <laughs> Man, what is a girl to do? <laughs> Sounds like it's problem. You know, I'm gonna need Scooby Doo. That's just uh, I don't have the great the brain well, capacity anymore. Huh? He has a van, so that's, that's why you need him. There, yeah, there we go. It's not even really the mystery machine. You know, the mystery. It's just I need the mystery machine. So yeah, yeah they, they bum rides for everyone. Like it's it's cool. It's fine. We'll figure it out. Yeah, just wear a weird mask or something, and they'll, they'll take you wherever you want to go. <laughs> there we go. Old man Wilkins. Ha ha. Gotcha. <laughs> It's me, Sam. And they're like, we don't, we don't even know who that is. Like, damn it! <laughs> it's just a lot of masks Sam, being pulled off. The girl who ran a haunted podcast. <laughs> oh my god! I want like, that to be a thing. Archives. That is kind of a scary place if you're not. If, you know, well, you know. if if you adhere to the idea that archives are only in basements, then yeah, thanks for stereotyping, Riley. I mean, where else would you have an archive? In a, a computer, like a nerd. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, or in like okay, a or a corporate office where I work or something like that, because it's totally a thing. <laughs> it's like there you go. I schooled you on archives. I win. <laughs> Podcast over. I'm out. <laughs> oh, I lost. It's like no, come back. How the podcasts go, Riley? I don't know. I lost. <laughs> I talked about archives and and how it's in a basement, and then she just cut me out. I don't know. She's mad that I made fun of her job. Her chosen profession. Uh, other than, like, trying to talk about comics whenever I can, so. We'll see. And seeing as it is a uh, new comic book day, did you do it? Do you have a pull list, or are you more of a wait for the trade or the graphic novel? Um, I tend to be a wait for the trade person, and I actually forgot Wednesday, so... I actually need to go tomorrow for my list. I'm glad you brought that up because I thought today was Tuesday. So um, even though I even though I have a Wednesday schedule to be on this podcast, you'd think I would have remembered it. Um, but I don't think either of my pull lists. I have two on my pull list right now mm-hmm. that are always my pull list, and that is um, Spider Gwen mm-hmm. and DC's Bombshells. Oh, both very good choices. Yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of them. Uh, Otherwise, yeah, I tend to be a wait for trades person because it's just hard to keep track of all of them. And yeah, and behind, it's easier just to curl up in bed on a Sunday morning with a trade and a cup of coffee and, and plow through. It sounds like the best morning ever. <laughs> just sit there, and be like, I'm going to catch up on some saga. There we go. Oh, yeah, I need to read. Uh, speaking of yeah, of Vaughn, I have to read um, 
so the, the comic book store that I, I shop at is this one in Burbank, California called the Perky Nerd. Mm-hmm. And it's like a very like women friendly comic book store. So that's part of why I love it. And they have, I just always kind of feel that comic book stores have that like weird machismo still to them. Mm-hmm. And this one doesn't have that. And Yay. there's a, um, there's a feminist basically comic book club that's there like twice a month. It's like a book club, but with graphic novels. Oh, that's cool. And they're re- yeah, and for next week they're reading um, Paper Girls Volume 2, which is perfect because I've only read Volume 1 so far. And they actually just read Saga, and I, I could not go when they were doing Saga because I was going to see a musical. So oh, there we go. this podcast super well. <laughs> what, uh, what, what musical were you going to see? Uh, an American in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> Are you embarrassed by that? No, I just didn't like it that much. It oh. was fine. Um it's, it's pretty much just like a staging of the old movie musical, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of dancing. It's, it's, it's practically, it's, it's almost like half a ballet. Oh, okay. And uh, I did not expect to see half a ballet, and I was, I was, there was, there was a point where I just kind of got almost <laughs> done with it. <laughs> no, when, uh... I have... Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Yeah, no, uh, when I was younger, like, my grandparents took us to go see, uh, the Nutcracker, uh, cause it was Christmas, and I guess that's a thing that you do, and, uh, I remember getting out of it and just being like, I don't think I like ballet, you know, I'm, I'm all for opera, I'm all for musicals, but I think ballet, I require words and lyrics and whatnot and music to, to really get me when it's just dancing, and so it's like, mm, I'm, I'm not yeah. feeling it. <laughs> I'm the same way. I, I I think it's fair, and I, I think that's how I am too. I think I I know some people are huge fans of dance, so I'm glad those things exist for them. But mm-hmm. it's not my thing. Yeah, it's like the I think one of the the biggest appeals you know for me with Hamilton, not just because of the timeliness of it and the history, um, but it's just like the amount of words that are coming at you and like all you. Oh my god. Oh, everything you have to process just to be like okay, 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 okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's like the big reason why I have all these. Oh, sorry, I'm getting weird feedback on my Skype. Uh, the reason why I have American in Paris tickets is because I bought. So Hamilton's going to be here in the fall, mm. and so I bought a season pass to the Pantages, which is where we had the Broadway stuff here. Mm-hmm. And I bought the whole season tickets just so I'd be guaranteed Hamilton tickets. See, and I, yeah. No, I'm trying to. I'm I'm looking into doing the same thing because I think it's at the it's either the Paramount or the Fifth Avenue up here in Seattle. Um, that's that's doing that. But the only way you're going to get good seats is if you buy the season tickets. Yeah. And I'm just like I don't know if I want to drop that much money, but I'm probably going to have to because. I want to see it, and I know a few other people who want to see it, so we're just like, okay, this this might break us, but it will be worth well, it. Speaking of dropping too much money, let me tell you what this girl did. Okay. Um, I, okay, so I bought the season tickets for the Pantages, and I actually, I ended up, what I did was I downgraded the seat that I was going to get mm-hmm. so that I could get two tickets instead of one. Okay. So that I can have a friend go. And the idea was like that way. And I'm like, okay, then I can sell my extra ticket for every show. <laughs> okay. So that's what I was doing. You're being um, a grifter, basically. Yeah, well, I mean, basically it was like, well, I'll have a guest come and they'll sell the ticket. And like, and then and it's been great. I mean, not to like strangers. I'm selling it to a friend. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not selling it to someone, hey, you want to sit next to me? And that, like that. It, it's ended up being my friend Val has been coming to every show with me. Mm-hmm. We've kind of made the thing. I'm like, oh, we're Broadway babes. And it's whatever. It's adorable. Anyway, um, <laughs> so we saw, we saw the, the season was pretty good. It seemed like, and now I'm thinking it might not be. Um, the first show of the season was Hedwig. So mm-hmm. that was great. And then the second one was The King and I, which I didn't realize how much I did about it until I saw it. Um, <laughs> and then the third one was Finding Neverland, which I thought might be okay. It was not. Mm. Um, and then it had some good moments to it. There's some technical stuff about it that's really cool. There's some visual effects that are pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. But overall, kind of boring. And then American in Paris. But the next one, I'm actually like morbidly curious. And actually, it may be the show I'm most excited to see besides Hamilton yeah. of the season. Because it's the bodyguard, the musical. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a ridiculous, just mess of a show. I don't, I don't even understand. <laughs> like... Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. I just, I cannot wait for it. And then after that, um, we have uh, <laughs> the next one is well, the next one's not so funny. The next one's book I just, I've already seen it. So. Okay. 
still good, and then but yeah. Break. Yeah, and then Hamilton comes in in the fall, and here's here's the ridiculous of it. Not only can I buy a season pass for Hamilton, mm-hmm. but because I'm a season pass holder, the theater because it, it's going to be here from like August through December. It's going to be here for a long time. Yeah, and so they opened up the ability to buy more seats if you were a season ticket holder. For the first three months, it's going to be here. You can buy up to four more tickets. Oh. And so I bought tickets to see it two more times. So I, <laughs> I'm going to see Hamilton three times over the course of September, of August, September, October. You should just make it like through December, so you see it once a month. Be like, I'm going to see how if it they, changes. They, if I could get those tickets, what, they only cut me off after four. <sighs> like, yeah, they were like real strict about it. Mm-hmm. And then the funny thing is, the Fantasia is like yesterday was the cutoff date to resubscribe for next year, uh-huh. and you can tell that nobody's doing it. <laughs> and you can tell like they're real desperate to try to get people to buy season tickets for next year because next year's lineup is fine. I want to see about half the shows, mm-hmm. but they're all shows that I'm like, I can get tickets online for these, or I can just buy mezzanine tickets. I don't need to have the good tickets. Yeah, you can get like some StubHub, like forty bucks or something like that, and yeah, just, like because the tickets that are, the shows that are coming are so I can't remember off the top of my head. One of them I don't care about at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I one of them is the Love Never Dies, the Phantom of the Opera se- sequel, and I just oh. don't care. Yeah, I'm not. I don't even care for Phantom. Like, I I was never into that. Yeah, so I was just like, "Mm -mm, no. (laughs) I liked it once. I saw it one time, and it was fine. Um, It was like, okay, yeah, the chandelier falls. That's cool. Like that was like that's what it was. Uh, I discovered that I'm not not so much discovered as to see the purple, which I'm like, okay, I kind of want to see that. Yeah, no, like, I, I figured out I'm not a big fan of Andrew Lloyd Webber. I, I just don't, like, um, my father, when he was still dating his current wife, <laughs> uh, she and her daughter really liked Cats, and so it was playing, and we went to go see it, because we do, I mean, we like to see theater, and I think at one point my father and I were just kind of staring at each other going, like, what the fuck is this? Like, I just <laughs> couldn't get on board. Yeah, I got no interest. Uh, um, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, and then, God, there's a lot of Andrew Weber. I didn't realize Andrew Weber did. Wait, I didn't realize that Andrew Weber did the musical adaptation of School of Rock because that's going to be there, and he now did? I'm a little less excited to see it because oh. I didn't realize it was also. Well, I saw the performance in the Tonys because they showed like one of the numbers. I think because that was the the same time Hamilton was was nominated that's the only reason I really watched but uh but I think that they did a school of rock and the, the opening seemed pretty good the guy was doing a really good Jack Black impersonation so yeah yeah so I, I might go see that and then I might go see color purple mm. I the other one so the ones I had no interest in were Aladdin which great I've seen Aladdin I don't yeah. need to see the play of Aladdin I would <laughs> if I had cheap tickets I would go I'm not gonna get excited for it um and then it was um school of rock well, it's Love Never Dies, which I don't care about at all. Yeah. And then School of Rock, which I'm fine either way on. And then Color Purple, which I'll probably go see. And then it was that Gloria Estefan one, On Your Feet. Oh, okay. Like, eh, I'm fine. I don't need to see that whole movie, that whole show. <laughs> you could just listen to one of the albums, and I'm pretty sure you'll be fine. Yeah, the only show that I really want to see that's going to be part of that series, and I can just get my own tickets, is Waitress. Because Waitress is coming at the end of the summer. Mm. Next oh, and because I saw that you you wrote a, an article for Pajiba, right? Yeah, about Waitress the movie. Yeah. So you. It was. Yeah. No, you are you going to like try and compare them, or are you just going to enjoy it? Oh, I'm going to enjoy. It. I've listened to the music already. I like Sarah Bareilles, so mm-hmm. I, I like her work, and I like the songs that are in it. So, and I, Waitress is a weird story because it's it's you know the woman who made it was murdered before it was premiered. So yeah. Kind of like exists as her like her last thing she put out into the world. Like there's a movie that was made later that was like based on one of her scripts, but she didn't direct it cause she was, cause she was dead. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a, Sorry, it's, I it's shouldn't laugh weird at little, like time capsule of what was happening in her life right before she died. And mm-hmm. so it, it's very beautiful and it's, it's got some interesting things happening with it. Um, and it, it's a movie that has stayed with me a lot over time. And so mm-hmm. I, I do like it a lot. I'm not in general, a giant fan of this whole, trend of taking every movie and making them into Broadway shows. Mm-hmm. But 
that's one that I've, I I like the music for and I've heard good things about. So that one I think I will get tickets for. I'm just saying, if the Bodyguard can become a musical, I mean, what's next? Like, le- ooh, Lethal Weapon, the musical. I, that, that has to exist somewhere. There's no way someone hasn't done that. It really like Evil Dead has a musical, so. You know, at this, and I still haven't seen it because it, it does circulate around uh, Washington, like it, in, in my hometown of, of Renton, which uh, is about 20 miles south of, of Seattle. That it always shows up at like the Civic Theater every once in a while. I'm just kind of like, I should probably go see it, but then I don't. And I don't really like think it affects my life all that much, but. <laughs> yeah, I. The, the, the movie that, I'm sure someone has done this already. If mm-hmm. not, they're already working on it now. But the movie that I think would make a good musical is High Fidelity. Like it's one that like, mm-hmm. I, I think I, I thought of it. You said Evil Dead, and it always reminds me of High Fidelity. Now, yeah, that's like a movie. It's a, it's a, a book and a, a movie about music already. Yeah. And so if you just like took a musical, and also it's a it's a story that is already so presented as a narrator talking to the audience that I think it would lend itself well to the the like. Um, exposition of musicals mm-hmm. yeah so. it, especially since all the songs and the albums that they reference in the movie itself and in the I, I i haven't read the book so i imagine there's a lot of references there anyway yeah so it could be kind of a good jukebox musical but i also think it could could be could be good to have them like write original songs for the musical but like maybe like better like take playoffs of the top 10 lists or whatever that mm-hmm. the character yeah that'd be cool andrew lloyd uh, weber presents high fidelity the- no, please no. Um, <laughs> the one that I saw that was okay, and but I've heard other people don't like it as much, is Amelie. I saw Amelie at a different theater here in town because they were gearing up to go to Broadway. And 100% of why I saw it is because um, Philip Sue from Hamilton was playing Amelie. Oh, yeah, yeah. How was it? It was, it was fine. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, it was great. But what's, what's funny is, like, I know I, I was on a... Uh, a web series shoot like right after that mm-hmm. and i was talking about seeing it and all these people on the web series had like known her through some like conservatory they all went to or whatever mm-hmm. and they kept calling her pippa and i'm like i'm not no please don't don't call her pippa like, i get it. she's probably a friend of yours and it's fine but it just it's so weird to me when someone knows a celebrity and like knows calls them by a nickname <laughs> that like is not our nickname yeah <laughs> like yeah pippa okay that's cool all right <laughs> yeah did you ever see um, uh, Young Frankenstein, the musical? No, I've heard it was decent. I like that movie a lot. No, okay, so yeah, I, they did their previews in Seattle before they went to Broadway. And uh, I went with my stepmother, who couldn't be any further away from a Mel Brooks fan. I mean, if, if you tried. I mean, she it's, it's just so night and day. But she was like, I know you like this, and why don't we go see it? I was like, okay. And... I thought it was really well done. I mean, because you have what Megan Mullally was playing uh, the the girlfriend. Oh, it's awesome! Yeah, and she was really the Madeline, Madeline Kahn character. Yeah, Madeline Kahn's character Elizabeth, um, and nice. she was so good. I didn't realize she could actually sing, and she did such an amazing job. And what's her name? Sutton Foster, I believe, was playing. Um, uh, was it Inga? Was, uh, I think I have to look up yeah. Foster. The, the, the assistant and what was it? Andrea Martin. The, ter- the Terry Gar character. Yeah, Terry Gar character. And Andrea Martin was playing Frau Bluka. <laughs> just so good. And Wait, who was? Sorry, you got your brother there with second. Sorry, uh, it was uh, Andrea Martin. Oh, nice. Yeah, no, she was amazing. And and I'm not even kidding. When they get to the putting on the Ritz part, when the monster does the putting on the Ritz, yeah. the entire theater just exploded with like he did the thing. <laughs> it was just it was an entire theater, and then my stepmother just going like, I think that's an important thing that just happened. <laughs> but I I really enjoyed it. I bought the soundtrack and everything because I thought that they did a really good job of translating it into a musical and and then i curse mel brooks's name for being so creative even at his age so it's like it's so ridiculous yeah damn you (laughs) yeah because the producers even as a musical it was was pretty great like i Mm -hmm. mean it it kind of kicked off that trend really i mean there was already was already happening but that's the one that made it like a bankable trend yeah no, I'm I'm waiting for them to just. It just feels like yeah that that trend started and so eventually it's going to get around to like Blazing Saddles, uh, yeah, which 
probably could, but they'd have to fix the ending because it kind of just, it sloughs off a little bit at the end. <laughs> so. Yeah, it'd be hard to do it as a musical. <laughs> you, you can't really cut, yeah, they have to change that ending a lot. Yeah, they have, they're like, okay, how do we get them into a limo at the end? Okay, maybe we should actually write a real ending to this. That, that'd be cool. <laughs> like, yeah, well, how do, I've never seen Spamalot. How does Spamalot end? Because I know that Holy Grail kind of has the same kind of ending, so. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I have the soundtrack, but I've ne- I never actually got the opportunity to see Spam- uh, Spamalot on stage, which kind of sucks, but, uh... Yeah, same thing. Yeah, but I, I do, I did get to see Hamilton on, um, what was it, uh, VOD, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Someone had, uh, kindly put that on YouTube, and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna watch Yeah, it. if you recall, I got a little bit of a chastising on, uh, Room Where It Happens mm. for mentioning that that's how I had seen Hamilton, <laughs> but I feel like I've repaid my karma now by having bought tickets to see it three yeah, so. I, f- I feel like in terms of the, yeah, the, the karma of the universe, you, you've paid your debt, but as speaking of someone who did pretty much the exact same thing you did, uh, you're cool. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Trey, Trayvon was very, you know, I think as nature of that show, they have to be very respectful to the content, and that's why he was like, well, listeners know we, we encourage you to pay to see people. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, so great. Disclaimer. <laughs> You're like, hey, most of us don't live in New York, so we can't really see, like, this thing, and we don't live in Chicago, we can't see it yet, so. Yeah, and if you do go visit there, it's already super expensive to go. Exactly. So yeah, it's like, I have to wait till it's here. Like, I am, I stand by my actions, and I don't have to explain myself. I have the honor to be. <laughs> Your obedient servant. I even, I think I even just like how he, how they say servant. Like just, oh yeah, it's great. It's just there's like this this edge of condescension to it. Like it's like I'm being so formal, but I really just despise you and hate you and loathe you. So great. Oh, it's so there's so much venom to it. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. It's so bitchy, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> like, um. Okay. Now, now, where do we take this? Because it's getting close to the hour, and we've talked about so many things. Um. Yeah. This has been great. <laughs> thank you so much. Sorry uh, that I rambled on about the season of the shows that I'm not going to see. <laughs> no, that's that's fine. Like I, like I I do the same thing in terms of like I'll look at a season and my my mom and my sister and I are like really big theater fans, so we'll we'll be looking through and we saw we saw King and I and just in our family we really enjoy the musical. The the movie is is a staple in our house. Um and then my mom and my sister went and saw Finding Neverland and they cried, so there's that. <laughs> oh, I still cried. No, did I you? didn't want to. I, I, okay, so I forgot. So, Friday Neverland is the one movie that I actually went to on a date and made out with my my date the entire movie and didn't watch the movie. Like wow. that's never happened to me in my life except for that movie. I didn't realize and, it was such a uh, such a aphrodisiac. Well, yeah, apparently, apparently <laughs> it wasn't. I don't know because <laughs> uh, we're not still together. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> That was like a one and one and done. A couple of dates in, and that was it. But, yeah. um, so I only remember vague parts of that movie because I was in the middle of, of other things. But because um, I was like, a, whatever. Anyway, um, <laughs> but watching the musical, there's a certain point where I'm like, oh right, the mom dies in this, and then I'm like, oh god, this is gonna get really sad at some point. She's like, yeah, this gets super sad. Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the mom dies. So, uh, yeah, that was a, that was a thing that happened. And then the way they, the way they handled it was really good. And there are some really cool effects. Like, there's a scene where, like, the theater owner is telling Jay and Barry that he has to come up with a good villain, and he's like shaking his umbrella, and you see like the reflection of the umbrella on the back, and like the like the shadow, and it's like clearly the hook. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of fun stuff like that, like ideas of how he came up with the ideas of what's in the, what's in the show. Okay. Yeah, and like the way the mom dies is like. They kind of like the actors all come to their house to perform the show for them, which is in the movie as well. But she gets lifted in the air, and there's like a lot of like pixie dust, and then she kind of like vanishes like out the window as it's happening. And it's, oh. so it's really well done, but also ringing. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's like the most artistic death scene you could probably do. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, aside from having a ballet dancer who is wearing colonial garb, who was a bullet. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, I I always enjoy it. Yeah, when when they can at least visually like change it, you know, just like stun you. Like the first time I ever saw Les Misérables on on stage, because um, my my mom and my sister and I had only seen it on like the the eighty five the ten year anniversary special. 
So yeah. I've got that one memorized like, you know, you wouldn't believe. Like, anytime I, I hear stars, I'm just like, oh, my God, I love you so much, Philip Quast. <laughs> Which made it really difficult for me to sit through the, the movie musical. Uh, oh. Less said, the better. Although, who was the guy, I, I forget it now, top of my head, who played Javier in the 25th anniversary, I think it was 25th anniversary. Oh. Um, yeah, he's I, really good. He's, no, like, he, scary he was really good, like, because there were some people in the 25th anniversary that I was like, okay, I like you, I like you, I like you, but then when it's fucking Nick Jonas playing Marius, I'm just like, no, you, you, yeah, no, get out of here. like, you sit in a corner, you do not deserve to be on this stage. <laughs> and, like, watching... I thought Eddie Redmayne was a weird choice for Marius in the movie, too, I'm like, he doesn't seem, like, young and pretty at all, the way that Marius should, he's very, like, gruff-looking, and... Yeah, he he didn't bother me as much, like, I, I was okay with him, I thought he did a decent job with, because I was really worried about empty chairs and empty tables, I'm not gonna yeah. lie, <laughs> like, once they got to that, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm preparing for the worst, and was pleasantly surprised. Oh, <laughs> So I, I took my mom to see a movie, because she's never seen the musical. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw, I had the best possible experience with the musical, because I went to see it in New York, in high school. We went on like a class trip, a theater group trip, trip to New York during our spring break. Mm-hmm. And we had tickets that we all went to as a group, but we were free during the day to buy tickets to shows that we wanted to see, that our theater teachers, like, I've already seen them a hundred times, I don't want to go, but you can go <laughs> tickets to these things. And so a friend of mine and I bought tickets for Les Mis, and we, we got, like, the discount tickets from the discount booth or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he had gotten a box, and it ended up being a terrible view, but it was, like, like half stage was cut off, but it was still a view that wasn't cut off. Uh-huh. But then is that in the, in the orchestra, there were, like, four seats right in the middle of, like, the third or fourth row back no one ever came to. So we went down during the second act and sat in those seats and nobody ever came and tore us to move. So we got to see the entire second act play. Ooh. From like orchestra death center down to the front. And that's the stuff you really want to see up close. Like that is the meat of that show. Oh yeah. But my mom had never seen it and I I took her to see it in the movie theater on Christmas Day. Mm. And this is where it gets sad <laughs> my brother had died back. Oh, I'm sorry. it was the first Christmas without him, and my, that was a bad choice on my part. Ooh. I thought, in my mind, oh, let's go do this and take our mind off me at home without my brother for Christmas. Mm-hmm. What instead happened was I took to see a sad show, oh. and my mom was just sobbing. Yeah. And this guy next to her probably thought, like, what's really sad about these French kids dying? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, no, that, oh, that sucks, but yeah. (laughs) No, yeah, my family and I went and saw the musical, and, because just, we were such big fans of the, the, at least the 10th anniversary, like I said, the the 25th can kind of just go, you know, set on fire, and I won't really care, but, uh, uh, yeah, when the minute Russell Crowe starts singing, it's just like, what, what? (laughs) It's, it's a travesty, because that character an extraordinary singer and it's just yeah it's just it's such a it's such a blow especially if you're like a really big like i love the the confrontation uh song like oh it's so great i can really say the same thing it's such a great song yeah like it's so butchered in that movie it really is and i mean just because i mean again going back to the the 10th anniversary special when it's like philip quas and colm wilkinson when they hit the javert line at the same time and it's just like javert you're like yeah i want to feel it in my bones guys and it's so great yeah and yeah the movie just kind of like well it doesn't have an impact at all okay (laughs) so i do like when they brought back home and all the other actors who had played Faust John over the years mm-hmm. and they had them all singing almost like a like a medley of um, bringing him home yeah yeah yeah, because so and they had done a similar thing in the the previous special where they brought all the different Valjeans from around the world to uh, to yeah. sing. Yeah. Do, okay. Do you watch Iron Chef at all? Like the original Iron Chef? No, I did a little, not like a regular. Okay. All, all I'm going to say here is that the Japanese Jean Valjean is the chairman of the original Iron Chef. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we were we were watching it one day on, on Food Network, and we're like, that's Chairman Kaga! Oh my god! <laughs> Just like, that's awesome. lost yeah, our um, minds. Pretty, 
<laughs> so, so if you guys ever want to just like, uh, for those of you listening, if you ever want to have a good laugh, go watch an old Iron Chef, and you'll be like, hey, that guy plays Jean Valjean. So. <laughs> Um, well, Riley, we're at the hour. Um, we didn't even really talk about your stand-up uh, career at all. So uh, I know that you've pr- you've probably got shows coming up. Uh, this is this episode's going to go up next Friday. So that would be the what? Two, it's the tenth. So or it's the twelfth. Sorry. Uh, so next Friday is the twenty-first. Um, what would you like to promote for everyone? Oh man, I should have done it last week. Want to promote her this coming weekend because um, <laughs> I'm doing this amazing show in LA that you won't see. Screw it! Damn it! Um, you know what? Actually, the big thing that I'll promote on here for now is that I, I will be at the Portland Queer Comedy Festival in July, those dates that I said earlier. So it's like the weekend that's 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th. Okay. And I, I'm i trying to put together a, with, with a producer friend of mine, we're trying to put together a a, a transgender benefit in Los Angeles for a stand-up benefit for Trans Lifeline in mm-hmm. LA. We, uh, we had to move the date, so I don't know when it's going to be now. So yeah, I, um, my May is weird because I'm, I I can't talk about it too much, but I like, booked a role on a show, so I'm actually <gasps> like waiting to find out when that's going to be. So uh, fingers crossed it'll actually all come together, right? But uh, yeah, just follow me on Twitter at Riley Silverman, and you can add me on you can follow, get my fan page on Facebook as Riley Silverman. And I need to put on there, so I'll update it. And I am the head writer for a podcast game show called International Waters that is on the Max Fun Network. So you can listen to that. And I just got forward to head writer, and I like doing that. And actually, um, the episode that we're taping this week will have your beloved Graham Elwood on it. So. Hey, there we go. It's all just going to come yeah. full circle here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll get Graham on next time. Oh, and, you... oh, and uh, oh, I I always forget to promote the shows. It's just, I am now hosting a One more, t- one more time. You're kind of cutting out a little bit. Sorry, uh, I am. I am once. I used to host a Doctor Who podcast, and I am once again doing. That. I and I, I have a new Doctor Who podcast called The Regenerates, and we are. We've only been doing it for a few weeks, uh, but we're about to get into the new season as it comes on. So by the time your audience is hearing this, we'll have already jumped into the new season. So awesome. Okay, excellent. Yeah, I mean, again, so much more we we should have been covering because Doctor Who and whatnot, but. You have an open invitation to come back anytime, Riley. So, uh, yeah, there's that. And then, again, if you're in Seattle, I'm, I'm actually doing um, event coordination for a comic book store in Fremont, which is near Seattle. So if you are in Seattle, we can always set up a, t- a thing there, too. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. I, I've been to Fremont. I went to see the troll. So. Yeah, there you go. We're It's close by, sort of. <laughs> yeah. When I was up there, I, I did a gig about a year and a half ago up there, and when I did that... Uh, Seattle comic took me on like a walking tour of the entire city like in an afternoon. So. Sweet. So you got to go and uh, walk by Lennon and, and whatnot. So. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's all good stuff. Uh, went into some weird like uh, video game bar and that was cool. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, I, I ate at uh, the drive-thru, the Dick's drive-thru. Oh, so. God. So good. Yeah. <laughs> trying to, we're trying to get a location down south, like closer, closer to where I live. So it's just kind of like, come on, bring it, bring it, bring it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, oh, great. Yeah, definitely. This has been great. I'd love to do it again sometime. Of course, definitely. Um, even if you don't have anything you want to promote, you can just come on the podcast. I don't care. <laughs> so. Okay, cool. All right, Riley, thank you so much. And uh, as always, good night, everybody. Is the city on fire? What's with all the smoke?